Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by our special guest. We're going to be joined by Michael Rivera, the Mexa ticker of the Ticket 760, and we're also going to be joined by Rudy Campos Jr. of the Rated R Podcast. We're going to be talking about some college football, the Dallas Cowboys, and how they let Dan Bailey go. We're going to be talking a little bit about Manu Ginobili and how we celebrated Manu Ginobili Day. And now Manu has gone to basketball Valhalla. Going to be joining the likes of Tim Duncan and George the Iceman Gervin on the HEB retirement bus. So we got to pour some out for my man Manu. So what's up, guys? We're going to start with you, Mike. You're at work, brother. How's it going, man? First of all, it's a great day for America, Joe. It's a great day for everybody because they get to listen to another edition of the two shots podcast yes i'm at work yes. uh lots to do today we got football we got baseball action on our station so um it's been a fun day and um glad to be here man good to have you here man so you want to talk a little bit about what's going on with these texas longhorns man they played maryland today and i gotta be honest they didn't look very good first of all we need to do something about the longhorns we spent a lot of money recruiting a guy. We got rid of Charlie Strong, who was on the verge of getting a program going there. He had his third year. This would have been his fourth year. He would have had his kids in there. He would have had the last of Max kids out of there. And we're starting to show signs of improvement. And what happens when you, you have a team that's showing signs of improvement? Well, you do what the Browns do. You yank out what works and you put something else in there and hope that works. In this case, it was Tom Herman. It clearly didn't work. The offense looked terrible. The defense, you and I could drive a truck through, Joe. It looked awful out there today. Oh, yeah, man. It, it didn't look very good. The offense looked suspect. The defense looked suspect. They just couldn't pull it together. And then they had this stupid rain delay that was like an hour and 29 minutes long. I think they said they were ordering some uh, Papa John's pizza, man. I don't know how you feel about Papa John's, Mike. Okay. Papa John's pizza is the greatest pizza in the world. I don't care how racist Josh Schnatter is. That, that doesn't bother me one bit. Because let me tell you this. Ever since they got rid of Josh Schnatter, the price of Papa John's has dropped three or four bucks. And that right there, folks, makes it a great thing for America. America can finally eat a decent pizza at an affordable price. God bless you, John Schnatter. In fact, had my pizza delivered by a Klansman himself, it means it's another 15% off. <laughs> you heard it here first, man. Mike Rivera likes eating him some racist pizza, but he gets it at a discount, so that's Boodle right there. It's okay. I'm not racist, just my pizza. <laughs> just the pizza, man. But you know what? That is Boodle Mexicano, dude. I, I I applaud you for that, Mike, because that is purely a Mexican thing thing to do. You get a good quality product at a great price, man. What What more can you ask for? A little bit of Big Red to wash it down. Yeah, that's it, man. I'm good. Oh, there you go, man. You just had me at Big Red. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Longhorns took a crap again. That doesn't surprise anybody. But as we were saying... No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. But as we were saying, it, it's, it looks like it's the, you know, the coaching job for the Longhorns. The coach isn't really where he needs to be. The team isn't really where it needs to be. But you had say, said, and even my friend Rudy had said, who's going to want to take this coaching job? If you fire this this head coach that we have currently, who are we going to get? And you had something to well, say about that, Rudy. What was it? Yeah. You know, I've always said, you know, with the uh, Charlie Strong, actually Charlie Strong probably was a good choice and you didn't give him enough time. That's an obvious, uh, but going with Tom Herman was just stupid and ridiculous. In my opinion, they should have gone. They should still go after David Shaw from Stanford. You know, you're going to get him on the cheap. You're not going to pay him, you know, all this money because you don't have to pay him all this money. You know, all you need to do is give him, you know, a few million that he deserves and maybe a couple of ding-dongs and cupcakes or Twinkies or something, and he'll be fine. That's all you got to give him. This program needs to be just stripped completely and re-gutted, restarted, and start fresh. I mean, the defense is horrible. The offense is horrible. Tom Herman doesn't know anything. The only thing Tom Herman knows how to do is treat coaches at a strip club. That's it. He doesn't know how to do anything else. Oh, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, and Joe, I'm going to add on top of what he has to say here. You got a guy like Sean here. Shaw goes through the same process that um, Charlie Strong went through. He can go through the same process that Tom Herman did. Literally, 
his time starts the minute he steps on the field of Texas. They're going to give him three years. If he can't deliver in three years, even regardless if it's his recruits or, or Tom's recruits or Charlie's recruits, it doesn't matter who Jack had in the season he got fired. I'll bet none, I'll bet how many of you guys remember? Do you have a good friend down at UTSA. Uh, an eight win season down there, he's probably gonna get another two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonus in his check. But an eight win uh, season at Texas would get you fired. These guys have a microscope on them. They don't like what they see. They're going to get rid of you. They're not going to give you time to develop. It's a tough seat to be in. It's a job that everybody wants, but nobody wants to be the guy who steps up to it because nobody wants to be the guy who's in the microscope. And Tom Herman, unfortunately, is in that position right now. It doesn't help that he has, in fact, this whole thing with Ohio State is incredible. He tried to throw them under the bus. Oh, he had to come back and find him in the, in the behind. So now he's got that on his back, and he's trying to run a Division One Power Five school. Can't do it, folks. You just can't do it. And this shows exactly why he's in trouble. So it looks like the Longhorns are going to be in for another long season, man. It's going to be another underperforming season. Unfortunately, I'm a big Longhorn fan, have been for years, but it's going to be another long season for the Longhorns. And also, you know, it it just. I don't know, man. I'm just getting tired. It has this bad taste in my mouth, like like being a Cowboys fan. You, you want the team to do good, but you know it's laden in mediocrity. You know, they're going to start losing a lot of fans because you're going to have fans based on how the team performs. You know, fans are hungry for wins. They want to see this team get back on the winning track. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, Not not at least not this season. You always have next season, right, Mike? is Texas we're talking about. If UTSA has a couple losing seasons, you're right. They're, you know, people stop buying the jerseys. But Texas gear, you can get it at Walmart, you can get it at HEB, you can get it everywhere. Texas always has a fan base, and they always will have a fan base. The question is, how much are they going to spend? You know, this is the program that brings in more money than most of the other programs in the state combined. So they're always going to have fans. That's the, and that that's the problem. You always have fans, so there's always that pressure cooker. I, you know, I I I know that uh, Frank Wilson now USA is going to do a heck of a job. In fact, let me say this about Frank: we're lucky to have him. If he has another couple of great like this, there's no doubt he'll move up to the power five. So, Tom Herman, yeah, gosh, you know, I, I feel for you, Joe. I'm a Longhorn fan too, but they're starting to be they're starting to turn to the Cowboys, man. They're starting to turn into the Cowboys. That that's exactly what I'm saying, brother. They're starting to turn into the damn Cowboys where you're set up for, you know, delusions of grandeur. You know, you want this team to do great, but all you're going to be given is mediocrity, you know, and I, I'm just tired of it. I mean, you, you gave me mediocrity for, for so long, Cowboys. I was looking, you know, towards the Longhorns to, to give me some, some of that, the taste of the winning ways, man. And now I'm just getting more of the same. I, I'm getting tired of it, man. You know, you get you know when you get tired of eating the generic stuff all the time, Mike. You just crave yeah. you just crave something from something that's name brand, and it's called a win. I want to win, man. I'm tired of losing. Well, <laughs> and Rudy will probably and Rudy will probably will agree with me on this one too. If Tom Herman manages to win next week, I mean, wins fix everything. That's the one thing I always tell people. That's my number one take in sports, no matter what. Wins fix everything. Wins fix scandals. Wins fix uh, broken fan bases. Wins fix everything. If you were to win the next three games, which um, let me pull up the schedule right now, it's totally possible for Texas. Um, that, you know, we'll forget about Maryland. But then again, it's Maryland. This is a team you were supposed to win. It's like uh, Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong lost to Kansas. That's another thing you can't do with Texas. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, completely 100%. You know, you're right. Wins fix everything. But let me throw this out there for you, Mike. You got a loss today. Texas plays Tulsa next, which we're going to say they should win. But then you're going on a rough, rough schedule because you're going to go against USC, against TCU, then Kansas State, followed by Oklahoma. So you're potentially looking at a one and five start to this season. And TCU did great today. TCU rolled over Southern uh, like they were nothing. So wow, here's exactly. the thing. Tulsa scares me. The Golden Hurricane has always been a great team. Uh, yes. they, they're, they're very quiet. They, they do what they do. They win. They don't get noticed. In fact, they're one of those teams that can go 
nine, ten win seasons, they never get picked for any, you know, they're the girl at the dance who can who's, who can do it all. She can do the superfly, she can do the mashed potato, you name it. She can do everything, but nobody picks her because she might be the fat chick. And, you know, that's yeah. the bad thing about Tulsa. They can come in here and they can surprise us. There's a good chance they might lose to Southern California, which will probably make Chris Dool happy. They'll lose to TCU. <laughs> I'm going to call it now. I'm going to say that Texas will lose to TCU. That'll make Mike Taylor happy. They can never beat Kansas State. They can't beat Kansas State, especially up in Kansas. They can't beat them up there. They've never been yeah. able to take care of the Purple Kryptonite. Now, maybe OU. There's, OU is always the game that defies all rules. Whoever It doesn't matter who's ranked where. OU is always yeah. a tough game for both teams. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. One, you know, and that you know, I was looking at the scores right now from earlier today, and you had TCU going through Southern U fifty-five to seven, and then I was watching this. Not even, Go ahead. It wasn't even a game. It was just a. It was just a beating. Oh yeah, that that was an ass whipping, man, from the beginning. Just like the Oklahoma game, they were playing uh, Florida Atlantic uh, University. That game was over by the end of the first quarter, man. And I mean the the final score of the game was 63 to 14 and i was texting my buddy uh dylan emery of the blue collar sports sports dad shout out to you dylan emery i went out to his yeah. launch party going tune into his show he's gonna have it tomorrow starting on uh starting at 10 o'clock from 10 to 12 on the ticket 760 he's a big ou fan and i was texting him during the game and i just said man congrats yeah. to ou man this game's over dude <laughs> it was the first quarter <laughs> Congratulations, Dylan. You know what? I'll give a shout out. I wanted to go today too. I got stuck at work, but yo, congratulations, Dylan, on your success there. I love you hard, brother. I wish you weren't an OU fan. Otherwise, we could be best friends forever. I really do. Yeah, great I, guy. I gave him a hard time because I said, "Look, man." Love I said after hard. that third, after OU scored, a, you know, their third touchdown in the first quarter, the announcer said, "Baker who?" And he was referring to Baker Mayfield which now plays for the Cleveland Browns, which is uh, Dylan Emery's spirit animal. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but Dylan was all, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, he's he's digging the new quarterback. You know, he's all into him. So hats off to you, Dylan. OU's looking strong right now to the gate, man. You also had Michigan State, you know, versus Utah. That one was kind of close, 38-31. And that was, it was okay. You know, it wasn't that bad of a game. It was kind of close, entertaining. But then you had Georgia. A surprising for them. Yeah. Yeah. Then you had Georgia just laying waste to Austin P, forty-five to zero. Man, I was like, that's embarrassing, man. How can you? Uh, <laughs> is that an FCS school? I think I think Austin P is FCS. Yeah. But you know, don't let FCS fool you because uh, there used to be a great FCS school that used to come out here and kick all these teams. Remember when App State was an FCS school? Oh yeah. They're no, the shock. Yeah. They're the guys who scare the daylights out of teams because you never know what they were. I mean, they're in the they're in the Sun Belt now. They, they might as well. They might as well still be in the FCS. It's the Sun Belt. But um, a lot of great games today. Uh, the the Michigan State Utah one I thought would have been more dominated by Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. I was just like it was kind of close, you know. So I was like, mm, let's do. It. it was competitive. It was a competitive game. It wasn't like this this blowout, you know, that we also saw uh, against. You know, he had Ohio State. I think they scored the highest. They had the highest uh, points. This well, starting off for the college football week weekend right now it was they scored 77 points against Oregon State they, Oregon State had 31 so I was kind of surprised by that I mean you had and then you had Oklahoma of course scoring 63 points so I was like some of these teams were up there man Boise State 56 points against Troy they had 20 so I was like okay some of these teams are are not looking that bad you had Oregon beating Bowling Green 51 24 so you know, it's not bad, but I'll tell you what, man. I am looking forward to one game in particular, and it's because my, my brother-in-law is a big Miami Hurricanes fan. The Hurricanes are going to be playing tomorrow at 6.30 against LSU. You got the number eight going Aww. against the number 25. Go LSU Tigers, man. I'm rooting for you guys. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hold wow. the phone here. Hold the phone. Rudy, did you hear what I just heard right now? Let yeah, me, I did. Let, let me make sure I get this straight. Joe is going for LSU, a team that's got a bad head coach right now. They basically got a leftover sloppy coach that they promoted to take on the U? Yes, sir. Come on. Hey, Joe, man. What is, what, 
thinking? I don't want to see my brother-in-law send me some stupid text telling me how how great Miami's going to be. I like it when well, Miami loses, man, especially if they would lose against a team like LSU. That would make my whole season right there, man. Joe, you got a feature on your phone here. You 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 block them. Just yeah. block them. <laughs> well, nothing will Good. shut him up yeah. better than a win, especially against LSU. If his Canes lose to LSU to start off the season, man, I, I don't know, man. That's just going to be golden to me. I got I got some fuel for the fire, you know? Okay. Well, so for personal reasons here, and I'm Rudy, you heard me. I'm going to support him in this really bad decision, <laughs> but only because, only because it, it, it gets back at a brother-in-law. Okay. So let me guess. You, you guys don't get along great or what's the deal here? No, I, I get along with him. I just, he's just annoying, man. He's one of these diehard Miami hurricane fans. And the thing that I don't get is he didn't even go to the University of Miami. So I'm like, okay. Oh, he's a Walmart fan. He's a Walmart fan. Yeah, I got you. He's a Walmart fan. Uh, I got you. Okay, I totally you can't got pick you. on that. Like, you can't pick on a player or a person for rooting of a team like me. I am the biggest or one of the biggest Tar Heel fans in San Antonio. Now, did I go to UNC? No. But what I did do was I applied at one college and one college only coming out of the great school of central catholic high school i applied at the university of north carolina hey, they that's okay, took man. my application yeah they took my application laughed at it crumpled it up sent it back to me with a letter saying you've got to be effing kidding me you are not going to come here and i've okay. got that i've got that rejection letter framed because it's got <laughs> it's from carolina i mean i love it it's from carolina you know yeah, but, so and that's okay, it's just me yeah with the school you have a connection with the school. He doesn't, other than he went to Walmart and got a shirt. <laughs> exactly. He didn't even apply there. I mean, he he's he was in the service, man. I mean, his whole career, everything that he's done, he's he, you know, God bless him. He made a career out of being in the army. So props up to you, Jason. Oh yeah. I love you hard, props brother. But you're you're then a Walmart he can root fan. For whoever he wants. He's a Walmart fan, he though, man. Whoever he wants, even if it's a Walmart team. You know yeah. what though? Is he the kind of guy who still talks about the greatness of how that university was when Jimmy Johnson was around? Oh yes, no, why did man? Exactly, dude. No. Oh. Okay, but even though that that squad and you know those years, those are probably some of the best, if not the best, college teams yeah. ever assembled, right there. They were good. I mean, that, was yeah. You know, that, that was a great team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I'll give you a quick tidbit on something about college football because I, my, my North Carolina Tar Heels, they suck. They suck for about five to six years. They get one good player. They're okay for a little while. Then they suck again for five to six years. So I have to study everybody else. There's one team that nobody really is talking about, but I, I want to say they're probably going to be there at the end. They may even make the playoff series. And that's West Virginia. I wouldn't sleep on West Virginia, especially with Will Greer, because that guy is a stud. I mean, big-time stud. West Virginia and David Holgerson out there. Yeah, they've got a great program out there. Um, adding them to the Big 12 has been an interesting thing to see at least. Um, because they're so far east. They're not close to the rest of the conference which um, mm. makes it kind of hard to scout them. So I, that's the fun thing about watching any team play West Virginia is you never know what you're going to get. And, they, and uh, yeah, I agree with you. There's a very good chance that you might see West Virginia in it. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll be in the playoff picture in some way or another. Um, could they win the Big 12? In fact, that's the other thing, too, is looking at some of the wins today in the Big 12. Right now, if I were to call it, it's really anybody's conference at this point. There's no one team that – I mean. And, I'm, and I know Dylan will hate me for saying this, even though he doesn't necessarily stand out. Yeah, they don't. They, they look do good. They look good against a, a pretty bad team right now. You know, I'll give right. them that. But let's see how they perform against the upper echelon teams. You know, they're probably going to have a little bit more resistance and we'll see what they're really made of. That That's really what's going to happen with a lot of these teams that just laid yep. waste to some of these lesser known teams that, I mean, let's just, let's, let's not make any mistakes. They just didn't have the plethora of talent that these other upper echelon teams have. So they make these great teams, these good teams look even better. But when they play somebody else who has some cajones, they're, they're brought back down to earth and things are more realistic. So, you know, as the schedule gets more interesting, we're going to see what some of these teams are really made of. And that's the beauty of college football, man. Anything can happen, right, Mike? 
Parody, buddy. That's the best thing about college football. It's all parody, man. Nice. That's the only word I can think of. Exactly, man. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Manu Ginobili, man. We talked about him last week. We had more Manu Ginobili in the news this week because we had a Manu Ginobili uh, day from the mayor. Man, my heart was breaking. You know, we had some murals going up, you know, of Manu Ginobili, everybody paying homage to Manu Ginobili. But the whole city's acting like the dude's freaking dead. He's not dead. He just retired. He just retired. That was it. He's still going to be around. They even showed pictures of Manu at the, at the first practice facility. He was there with Tim Duncan. He was kind of, you know, practicing with the team, kind of helping the young bucks come into their own, kind of passing on knowledge. He's still going to be around. But, you know, man, you got to pour some out for our man, Manu, man. He did a lot for this, the team, the city, and also the fans. He's going to be missed, yes, but he's not dead. <laughs> Let me emphasize that. He's not dead. <laughs> uh, Rudy, you want to go first on this one? I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm putting my thoughts together on this one. Well, and also I know, you know, when you swap, when you talk about Ginobili Rivera, it just, your heart just rips in half and the tears are uncontrollable. If I could, I'd send you a big box of tissues right now. My condolences, <laughs> sir, but I'll take, I'll take Manu right now. You know, the city of San Antonio is never going to get over Manu, ever. No. And right now, I right now I wish I had some REM, you know, playing behind me because, you know, this was this would definitely be the song to play right now. But Manu, yeah, he's not dead, but he's not here. So because he's not here on the court with the Spurs, he's dead in our opinion. He's gone. We're never going to see him play for the Spurs again. We're not going to see, you know, bats being swatted out in the in the thin air. We're not going to see his thin hair anymore, his bald head. We're not going to see El, El Contusion or whoever the hell called him that. We're not going to see that no more. All we're going to see is an empty spot on the bench where number 20 used to sit, and that's a very sad, sad day in San Antonio. But yes, you're right, Joe. He's not dead, but he is gone forever. Manu, I've drank about 10 beers and eight shots for you tonight. And I'm not done. I got to hit the number 20 for that jersey number. It's better to hit the number 20 than hit the fake number two, right, Rudy? Oh, the fake number two can go to hell <laughs> for all I care. You know, as far as I care on the fake number two, I've made so many comments about him. I'm going to continue it because I'm going to say right now, fake number two, if by chance you're listening to this, do me a favor. Just break just Sprain both ACLs, rip your arms out of your socket. I don't care anymore. End your career. Hope this is your last year in the NBA. Go back to Southern California where you belong and just wow. get the hell out of our league. Period. <laughs> he has made you strong, young Rudy. <laughs> That's right, man. Hey, the only good, the only thing that a fake number two jersey is good for is wiping your ass, man. <laughs> I wouldn't dignify it with touching any part of my no. body, guys. Come yeah, on. No. My ass is too precious for that jersey to even touch it. <laughs> you might get Ronya. <laughs> Was this the argument yes. we're looking for right here where everybody hurts? <laughs> no. Yes. Hey, that's everybody right hurts. There. And you know the funny thing is is that if I was to wipe my ass with that fake number two, I would somehow get stink eye on my ass or something because of it. Yeah, man. That's what I said. Now, now that hurts too. You don't want that. That fake. No, yeah. no you don't. <laughs> Let me, okay, Manu, you're right. Manu, the player, is dead. That's it. Yeah. You know, it, it is like a funeral. And Ron Nirenberg is, in my opinion, right now, just based on this policy alone. I don't care about his other policies. You know, I don't. You know, however he runs the city is however he chooses to run the city. Oh, no, I'm starting to sound like Joe Pags here. Oh, um, man, no, no, no. <laughs> the only thing I can say, Ron Nirenberg giving a Manu Ginobili day is the greatest thing his administration has ever done. I mean, this is it. Nothing else he do, will do the rest of his term will top this. Uh, Manu is gone. The Manu that we know, that you and I know, you're right, balding Manu. It's, it's kind of like an episode from Seinfeld, you know, relationship George and um, independent George yeah. independent George has walked out of the building. We're never going to see him again. That's the George you and I like. That's the motto that you and I like. He's the player. He's the man. He's the guy we can have a, a beer with. 
he's not going to be that guy anymore. He's going to be in the facility, but it's not the same thing. And uh, there's not enough whiskey for me to drown my tears in this, guys. Yeah, man, for sure, man. <laughs> you know, there's never going to be another Manu. But speaking of Manu, man, we have a we're going to be joined by this artist, a great local artist here named by, by the name of Mike Comp. Mike Comp oh, just made a brand new Manu Ginobili mural off of San Pedro. I believe it's at Gills Tires. Y'all can go check that out. It's amazing, man, what these guys can do. You know, these uh these aerosol artists, you know, like even my 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 friend Nick Soup, he made a Manu Ginobili mural too, but man, these guys are so talented. Uh Mike, what was the inspiration, man, behind this Manu Ginobili uh mural that you did? And y'all, man, you and your friends, y'all put this up pretty quick. And not only did you, you know, put this mural up really quick, it looks really good. And you did it in the sweltering heat, man. Props to you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, we also got to remember that day Manu played in the sweltering heat. I figured it's kind of the same thing. And we owe it to him as, uh, as fans of the Spurs and fans of Ginobili. But uh, another, another thing about it was... Um, we kind of wanted to do it on, on the Manu day, like when it was announced. You know, we went out there early in the morning, uh, tried to knock the sketch out, and then came back at like 9 o'clock and just rocked it the whole day. Um, but I just feel like, so as, as far as, you know, us, the people that painted it, me and my friend Joel and Picasso, um, it was like our way of, like the only way that I knew to, you know, let Manu notice that he was, you know, loved and adored. And I, I mean, I know he knew, like he knew, you know what I mean, that the city of San Antonio, you know, cares about his uh, position on the schools and what he's done for the city and all that. But it, it just felt good to be able to, you know, put something out for the city to enjoy and, you know, kind of nod to, to you know, one of the greatest first. Yeah, no doubt, dude. And, and what was your inspiration for this particular uh, pose that you ch you chose of, Ma of Manu? Was it something that, you know, really talked to you as an artist or was this something that, you know, y'all collaborated on and everybody agreed that this was the best uh, pose of Manu to go with? I mean, what was what went in behind, you know, putting up the the mural that you did, you know, as far as choosing that final design? Well, um, I believe uh, Picasso was the one that kind of put it all together, like the images. But um, I think I think it speaks pretty well to the type of player Manu was. You know, he always made calculated passes, you know, uh, using calculated lanes. And you can see that in the black and white image with his serious face, you know, finding a hole and his eyes open going through it. Uh, and then you also see the, the intensity of it with the green portrait that's on the left-hand side. So I, I think it's, it's just a well-rounded view that, you know, uh, it's, it really speaks on the type of player that Manu was. He was aggressive when he needed to be. He was smart about playing. He was he was smart about, you know, passing the ball, making plays. And, you know, his intensity with that warning face, it, it, it says it all from for my, my point of view anyway. Yeah, no doubt, dude. And is Manu your favorite spur of all time, or do you have another favorite spur of all time? Man, uh, you know, with me – I've, I've watched this first since I was really young and I've never really been like, you know, into it where it's like stats and like, I know, you know, everything that the players have done, but you know, when it comes to like the, the more recent years, you know, with the big three and all that, I mean, it's hard for me to pick a single, a single one, uh, you know, Timmy's up there for me, of course. Uh, but I, I think, I think it's a pretty close, uh, race between Timmy and Zenobi to me. All right, man. Hey, I'm just going to ask you another question real quick. What is your best Manu Ginobili memory or moment of all time? What what moment sticks out to you, calls out to you when you think of the great Manu Ginobili? Uh, man, I know a lot of people are going to say that Houston block, and I'm I'm probably going to say the same thing when he, when he blocked Harden, and that was just you know it was such a it was such a pivotal block to just you know it, it pretty much you know still now determined the Spurs hard to never give up and. And always try to pursue that that victory, man. And I don't know. That was pretty. That was pretty much one of my favorite ones. I was sitting last night watching a whole bunch of highlights of Manu, and there's honestly a whole crap ton of of plays that he's done that that could be anybody's number one pick. But I think it would be that Houston moment, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Hey, man. And before we go ahead and end our quick little interview with you, where can people go find you on social media and look at? Not just, you know, the Spurs murals that you're doing, but all the other great artwork that you work on. Because I've I've met you before at, uh, I be believe it was the Texas, uh, it was at the Terror Expo way back in the day. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was with my yeah, friend, Mari Gonzalez. That. Shout out to you, Mari. 
Marty was out there. We're interviewing some of the celebrities and stuff, and you were out there doing your thing, you know. So you're you're a very talented artist. Where can people find you, man? Uh, well, I have an Instagram. It's uh, at Mike Comp M I K E C O M P. Um, my Facebook is Mike Comp Aguayo, and then I also have a Twitter, uh, which is at Mike Comp also. All right, so make sure you all like, follow, and share Mike. Support your local artist here in San Antonio. And you know what? If you like something that he's making, hit him up, man. I'm, I'm pretty sure that everything's for sale, right, Mike? Yes, sir. And also, just real quick, I want to give a shout-out to Joel and Picasso, the two other dudes that helped me paint that mural, man. Without them, that, that thing wouldn't have been up. So uh, their Instagram is art and soul, art underscore and underscore soul, and then uh, at Picasso. So them out as well. Hey man, before I let you go, I just want to give you a, a next, you know, for your next uh, Spurs mural. I got an idea for you, man. Something that's unique that hasn't right. been done here. You know, I'm a big time nerd. I know Rudy's a nerd. I know Michael's a nerd too. Everybody mm -hmm. loves our Star Wars. We love our Dragon Ball Zs, our Transformers. We digress and go on, you know, we go and we digress a lot on Twitter, man, and we have our little nerd conversations. But one thing I want to see here in San Antonio is I want to see something re-imaged from the Spurs. We're always used to seeing the Spurs, you know, as far as the players on the side of a building. What I like to see is I want to see the Spurs, the greats, re-imaged as characters from Dragon Ball Z, man. We got to make that happen, bro. Oh, that, oh, would, that would be amazing, man. That and would set it off. That, you let me know. That would set it off, man. Can you imagine having mm -hmm. like Tim Duncan, David Robinson, George Gervin, Manu, but they're done up like Super Saiyans, man. That be that would be hot, dude. <laughs> Heck yeah, that would be bad. Throwing a spirit bomb or something like that. Exactly, bro. That's what I'm talking about. That's where it's at, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I totally agree. I'm totally down to try that out. There you go, man. So make sure you all follow my man, Mike Comp. Give him some love. And if you need something, you know, drawn, you need something done on the side of a building, he's your guy. All right, Mike, thank you. I appreciate you, man. We love you hard, brother. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me on here, man. Y'all have a good night. All right, man. Thank you for being on the show. All right, guys. Later. So we're getting back on track with talking about Manu Ginobili. And, you know, we talked about him, but you know what? I really haven't asked you guys as far as you, Rudy, or even Mike, what are your moments, man? What do you like? What What's that one moment that's going to stick in your mind for all of eternity when you think of Manu Ginobili? Man, I was going to say, the I, I always go back to the Houston block. Here's why. A couple of days ago, there was a Houston radio guy who put out a pretty bad tweet about the Spurs. Raw, uh, sports are, oh, uh, sports yeah, RB. I remember him. Let me tell you a little something about him and I. Guess who he interned for back in the day? He was one of my interns. Oh, man. He's a product of you, Michael Rivera. He's a product of me. He learned how to be nasty and sarcastic from the best. <laughs> and he did exactly what I told him to do. Now, the only bad thing is I have to, every, every time we play, the first thing I always bring up is, hey, uh, you remember that uh, hardened choke job that Armanu helped him with? He hates that. Oh, he so for me, nothing brings me more joy than bringing that up to him every <laughs> single time we talk. That's his kryptonite, man. So now we know we're armed with some some ammunition for this guy. And I had to call him up the other day. I said, man, you don't know what your tweet has done in San Antonio, man. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I did. I, have to, I had to turn my notifications off for three days. <laughs> he, he, so. was, he was trained well. He knew what he was doing. I knew he knew what he was doing, man, so... Got to give him oh, yeah. props, man. He got a reaction, sure enough. He, uh, he and I worked together back in 2008. We both went to broadcast school together. So he and I, I, I was, I had to admit, I was laughing. I said, "Look what you did, man." <laughs> I mean, he, but and the funny thing is, and this may sound crazy to you guys, he actually doubled his Twitter followers with that. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, you're gonna get your haters, and you're gonna get the people who love it, and people who just can't not look away from it. You know, so. Props to him. You know, he's a mad genius, but he learned from the best. But, you know, he's also up in that hole because he put that out. So sorry. True that. True that. I got I to gotta say that, too. <laughs> so you, Rudy, when we're talking Manu Ginobili, what do you what comes to mind, man? What do you think when you hear the word Manu Ginobili? Something that's going to stick in your mind forever. 
Well, when I hear the words Monte Ginobili, I think of that very tall bridge of 281 and 410, looking down and just saying, you know what? I've had a good life. Let me just go ahead and take a leap of faith here. Don't, don't. Let, no, me, let me pull you no, back man. from the ledge, man. That, that's that's the uh, that's the uh, Aquafina water talking I have in me. The uh, the one thing that that comes to my mind. There's two things actually. When I think of Mono Ginobili, I think of the night of where Rod Thorne said, with the 57th overall pick, the San Antonio Spurs pick Emmanuel Ginobili. Or the San, you know, San Antonio Spurs, whatever. That's what I think of. But Gino Beely. on the court, yeah, on the court, everyone remembers Manu for the block on Harden. And I'm going to give that is one of the things that everybody will continue to remember. But where I'm going to go different is it's still the same thing. It's a block. But the night that he blocked Kevin Durant straight up, when when Durant went for that two-handed jam on a fast break, Mono just goes straight up and blocks him clean. That to me was awesome, 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 awesome. So that play sticks out in my head, you know. And I, I mean, I'm I'm no Bill Walton, you know. In my best Bill Walton voice, it was like that was amazing. Mm. <laughs> I think the that one thing that's right the one thing that's always going to stick out in my mind. I mean, I, he's done a lot of great things, no doubt. But I'm always going to remember when he just swatted that bat out of thin air, dude. He just got that yeah. bat. He swatted that bat down, picked it up with one hand like the warrior was, like, and he just went and dropped it off, you know, to one of the staffers, so the game could continue. Man, he protected not only the the players on the court, but he protected the entire fan base there you know it's like he he just went ahead and just with that one swat he was he just became a legend you know he kind of like propelled himself self into the stratosphere you know he became the the legend that is Manu Ginobili and it was funny too because I always remember that the coyote came out dressed as Batman with the freaking net dude (laughs) and he's just looking at Manu Manu's like hold my beer coyote (laughs) <laughs> what about what about the night he gave up one testicle for San Antonio? Oh yeah, no doubt. That's another one. And then he came I back mean, and played that yeah. same season. The crazy thing is yeah. he came back and played that same season. Unlike the fake number two who quit on the team because of a thigh bruise. Come on, man. You know, I mean yeah. you can't say enough about Manu, man. So love you hard, Manu. Pour some out for your boy Manu, man. You gotta you got to have Manu in the top five. So that brings us full circle now. If you have anybody who says he's not a Hall of Famer, oh man. Come over here, man. Come talk to me. I'll let my fist do the talking on that. They're gonna lay some hands on you guys, man, because he is a our first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize about Manu Ginobili is Manu Ginobili when they say he didn't have the stats that other, you know, Hall of Famers have, that argument is true. But the reason he doesn't have those stats is that he went ahead and said, if you need me to come off the bench, Coach Pop, I'm going to come off the bench because you know what? At the end of the day, I don't care about stats. I don't care about how many points I'm going to have throughout my career. The one thing I do care about is winning. And I'll do anything it takes to win. Manu cared about winning championships. He didn't care about winning individual awards. He wanted to win it all. So you gotta, you know, clap for that for the the legend that is Manu Ginobili. You know, props to you, sir. There will never be another player that can swallow their pride and their ego and just come out and play, compete. And and lead that second second unit like Manu did. I mean, you can't say enough good things about him. But Joe, yes, sir. Listen to this. When he announced his retirement, he was the head of the second unit. How many players across the NBA retired or currently playing? You never see this for anybody else no. on the bench. Kobe, Shaq, everybody had something to say about Manu. This guy, if he was not a first, I mean, the people who say he's not a Hall of Famer, it's like, look, you don't have that many stars come up and say something about Manu Ginobili and not have him be in the first round 
Hall of Fame. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. He's exactly. the best. So I'm going to ask you guys a question next. Top five Spurs of all time. Who do you got? Oh. We're going to go ahead and start with my boy Rudy. Rudy, top five Spurs of all time. Who do you got in your top five, brother? All right. Now, if we were talking overall basketball achievements, I've already said before, Mono Ginobili's number one. But since we're talking Spurs, I'm going to say number one is Tim Duncan. Number two is David Robinson. Three is George Gervin. Four, Mono Ginobili. And five, I have to say it's going to be Coach Pop. Okay. I'll respect That's my that. Five there, there. He's not a player, but you wouldn't have the championships and the accolades that we have now if it wasn't for Coach Pop. So props to you, sir. No, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, I, you wouldn't I have it because, that. I mean, you'd still have, you know, John Lucas, Jerry Tarkanian, Bob Hill running these programs and just getting into the playoffs and then dumping themselves like the Longhorns do every year. <laughs> that's true that's true sorry i'm just mad the horns have got me mad so it's kind of got me thinking about the horns again i was trying to not think about that (laughs) i'm sorry mike i'm sorry there's a beer coming your way sir no hombre (laughs) it better be beer or it better be a shot of patron because if you give me a shot of el perrito tequila dude we ain't friends no more bro (laughs) gosh you think i am vicente fernandez man I'm not that Mexican. Oh, come on, man. I could drink a whole bottle, dude. Staying up till the sun comes yeah, up, man. Yeah, I am. I'm totally that Mexican. Yeah, you're poodle, dude. I know you're <laughs> lying. I know you're lying. But you're top five, man. Who's your top five? Oh, man. I always hate this question. But it's um, because I always go back and forth between one and two. Right now, the way I see it, and... um. My number one all-time spur of all time right now will always be Duncan. Number two, in fact, right now I'm having a hard time with this because I'm flipping back and forth <laughs> between David Robinson and Manu Ginobili for two and three. Right now at the moment, I'm going to say Manu's my number two. Robinson would be my number three. Of course, George Gervin's in there. I mean, George Gervin should be in any Spurs top five. He's definitely up on the mountain too. Um, gosh. Oh. And number five, and here's why I'll tell you why. This is why I like number five. Number five for me is Bruce Bowen. And the only reason I like Bruce Bowen right now is he's the guy who took it on the chin from the L.A. Clippers for saying what he wanted to say about Kawhi Leonard and standing by it, even though it means he had to lose his job. You know, shout out to him for being a true puro spur right there, man. He didn't care what they thought. He just did it anyway. I think we're going to have to change Bruce Bowen's name to Big Balls Bruce Bowen. <laughs> Bruce Bowen. No, it fits perfectly. It's BB, so it's Big Balls or Bruce Bowen. You Take go. your pick. They're both interchangeable. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to give you all my take, man. I'm going to give you my top five right. right now. My top five, I got number one, I got Tim Duncan. Number two, yeah. I got David Robinson. Number three, I got George the Iceman Gervin. And my number four, I got Manu Ginobili. Number five, I got Tony Parker. I got to put the big three in the top five because if it wasn't for the big three, we probably wouldn't have the championships that we have here in San Antonio. Yes, yeah. I know that there's some other Spurs out there, and you know, they're arguably you want to put them in the top five. But you know what? If it wasn't for the big three, if it wasn't for Tony, Manu, Timmy, and David Robinson, and even George Gervin, you know, he was paving the way for all this too. We wouldn't have the success or the championships we do right now if it wasn't for these guys. That's the reason I put them in my top five. Mm. Wow. I, I don't see that. I know y'all are yeah. saying, Tony Parker? Why Tony Parker? <laughs> well, Why not? You know, it's man? not, yeah, it's not rapper. It's, yeah, he's a yeah, great rapper. You know, he's a, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can say that's good about Tony Parker. I mean, he's a finals MVP. He's an international, you know, international great greatest of all time, in my opinion. He's had one for the Spurs overall. He's a rapper, like Mike said. And also, you know, he likes to ditto in the player, his, you know, playing partners, uh, wives and stuff. There's a lot of good things. He's in the player diddling. Player diddling. (laughs) 
Yeah. Totally. Know. He likes to dab. He likes to put his hand in the cookie jar, and that's fine. You know, that's his choice. As long as you bring titles to the Spurs, that you can do whatever you want. I don't care. Like Mike Taylor says, winners get to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I mean, listen to Tony P here. <laughs> oh my God! Don't tell me this is not great. Oh no, this is his hype man though. This is his hype man. Where am I? <laughs> Of course, he has to rap in French. I don't know why he raps in French, but why not? Hey, why not? He, and he probably sold a lot of albums and made a lot of mon, mon, lot more money than me and you would ever even dream of making. He's huge in Paris, guys. I mean, this guy. I mean, he walks the mean streets of Paris with his six bow. You know? Yeah, no doubt. That endo. I mean, he's the he's the man. You know, there's a Spurs thing that there's a Spurs thing that came up, and it's kind of weird because it actually came up on one of my shows. It's kind of it's kind of a weird question, and I didn't know how to answer it. So both of you guys, since I respect you guys more than you know just about anybody in the world, oh, I'm, I'm going to ask y'all this. Oh, you got to believe me, Rivera. You know, <laughs> meeting you in person, I'm shaking. You know, like I'm freezing. So <laughs> I was basically asked on my show, do the Spurs win that? fifth title if the fake number two isn't on the team yes i have to say yes i said yes i said yes too but the hard part for me was i actually thought about it after the show like well is it possible i mean i really had to go back on that season and see would it have been possible yes it would have been it would have been possible it, it totally would have been possible. I mean, if we had the Kawhi of old before we, if, if we had non-Jesus Uncle Kawhi, it totally would have happened. Not even mm-hmm. a question. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I would have said yes. Okay. Okay. I'm, I was, I'm trying to get some, you know, I'm trying to get some backup on my answer to make sure that I said the right thing. Cause man, it, it really threw me for a loop. Like, well, you know, obviously, but then you think, okay, does LeBron get shut down during that series? Or does I don't he just go gets, off? I don't think he gets shut down, but he has a really bad day. I mean, that's the way I see it. I mean, yeah. yeah the answer to your question, and um, Joe, you're going to nerd out on this one too. This is like the Ghostbusters scene where they go, Ray, if someone asks if you're a god, you say <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the answer is always yes. yes. I mean, I think LeBron would have had a bad day. I don't think they would have shut him down, but they would have pretty much. Um, I don't. I don't think he would have gotten the work done that he wanted to get Duke. I mean, Kawhi. I mean, gosh, I don't want to talk about fake number two. No, no, no. I don't want to. I'm sorry. I just it was something that came up, and I thought I need to ask some important people. You know, this question to see if. I'm just I'm justified in answering it correctly, basically. If I've got them back in on it, Joe, so. did I miss anything? Oh. I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, man, you 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 did it right. I mean, you you answered the question correctly, man. I, we just need to move away from the talk of the fake number two, because I'm about to pour some out for for Manu, man. This is get, making me sad, man. I don't want to talk about someone who quit on the team. I'm talking. We're talking about Manu and our top five. You know what? The yeah, heck, the fake, two heck fake with the two. number fake number two, yeah. man. Let him be In stricken fact, from the around. record books. <laughs> I mean, fake number two was actually who I had in there instead of Bruce Bowen. In fact, Bruce Bowen was number six. Ah. I had to bump him up once once fake number two got ejected. I mean, fake number two is dead to me. He'll never be a spur. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to think about him. Nope. It, it's like new. It's like you wake up at the end of the series like, Oh, I had this dream that I was in Vermont, and I, you know, I had this dream that I was watching the Spurs, and they had this kid from um, so, uh, from San Diego who took them to a championship, and then he went away. That's what it was like to me. It was like the end of Newhart. It was just a dream. Yeah, it was just a dream. I forgot about that. Newhart was great for those who never watched that sitcom. You got to go back and watch it. It was it was really funny. It was really well done, and then you could even see Bobcat Goldwaite in his prime, man. You remember? This is yes. my brother. My brother. And, and that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. It was fun, man. Like, For all the 80s kids, hi. man. <laughs> my name is Larry. This is my brother, Daryl. This is my other brother, Daryl. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> great stuff, man. We, I don't know, man. Some of the, the 80s had some of the best sitcoms. You know, there were some other shows that were questionable. You know, Dukes of Hazards, you, you watch it now as an adult. It just doesn't, it just doesn't have the same allure 
that it once it's did terrible. as a kid. It is terrible, man. Some of these shows were awful, but then you had some shows that I don't know, man. They just they just have a special place in your heart, like you know, watching Airwolf or you're watching Knight Rider, man. That that was the stuff, oh, man. man. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just I just had a just podcast orgasm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's where yeah, we're you can't just do that, man. You can't just drop Airwolf in there. I mean, that's just TV. You can't just you just don't do that, man. That that's like it's like dropping a hot chick into the room, man. You just don't. Wow. Yeah. We had some yeah, some some lengthy discussions, man, on Twitter. We were talking about what would happen if you know you had Airwolf versus you know Night Rider, Airwolf versus Kit, you know. So. And then oh. we we that was great though. Everybody had their own take yeah. in it, and then everybody started getting off tangent and throwing in transformers and all sorts of stuff, dude. It was great, I man. That. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you ever want Jeff Garcia to have a Twitter gasm, just post an Airwolf Jeff. Because <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh. Hey man, that music from Airwolf was that was it, man. Back in the day, that's where it was at. Yeah, wasn't that, that the best right there? Yeah, yes, man. That that intro, man. When it would drop, you were like, <laughs> "Boom!" <laughs> this is how you knew S was about to get started. Was when you heard that theme. It was like, "Oh no, here we go." You drop everything yeah. you're doing, and you'd run in the living room to watch watch Airwolf, man. <laughs> It'd be like, "Look, mom, I don't know what you have for me. I I don't care about the trash that can wait thirty minutes. Airwolf is on right now. I gotta go. Mm-hmm. Gotta go. Yeah, gotta exactly. Go, it's like." Mijo, Mijo, the house is on fire. I don't care, mom. Airwolf is on. Well, Airwolf is on. I'll be out when it's over. Just give me the hose. Give me the hose and turn it on. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw some seven up on the house. It'll be fine. I'm watching Airwolf. Sana, sana, colita de rana. (laughs) Now I feel bad. Okay, so uh, now I got to do this to you guys. And I'm sorry, Joe. I I, got to do this to you guys. Which one was better? Airwolf theme? Top Gun theme. I'm going to throw that one in there. Oh. I don't know, man. It was just that Airwolf. It was something about that Airwolf theme, man. It just got me, dude. Oh. I got to go with Airwolf, man. You know, I, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to just flat out say Airwolf, but, you know, Top Gun theme, it's that, you know, it's that theme you want to wake up to in the morning. Just, you know, I'm it's like. about Danger Zone. I'm talking about, like, at the beginning of the movie. No, no, yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, the. The orchestrated, you know, the orchestra type where there's no words, nothing. Yeah, no, that yeah. theme is what you want to wake up to. But Airwolf, Airwolf, just when you hear that theme, you go from like me, I go from Rudy Campos to like, I'm a badass. I will kick anybody's ass in <laughs> this room. That's what I'm saying, yeah. man. Don't F with me. <laughs> that's that Airwolf drop, man. That's what happens, dude. When you hear that music, it gets you pumped. Yeah. And that's what happened. It I mean, is. I love it. We were talking about Manu Ginobili and then. Wow, did he just really drop Airwolf on us right I now? I did, man. I had to do it, man. You know what? Props to you, Jeff Garcia. I made you proud today, man. <laughs> yeah. Where is Jeff yeah. Garcia? And we need him in here, man. He needs no, to be here. Hombre. He needs to be with this mess. No, hombre, shut up. Jeff Garcia, he's busy, man, dude. On the weekends, he has to he has to take care of his lady, man. Oh, well, man, come on. You put a lady in front of, oh, come on, man. You got to keep mama happy. You got to keep mama happy, man, because if mama's not happy, no one's happy. Uh, (laughs) I'll talk to Jeff. I'll make a man out of him. Oh, Oh. man. (laughs) You heard it here first, Jeff. (laughs) I love you, Jeff. Love you hard, bro. Hey, all right, man. So we're going to go ahead and get into our last topic of this uh, episode of the Two Shots podcast. It really pissed me off, though, man, when I heard this. And I was watching college football, and then it broke it on Twitter. It was on social media. The Cowboys cut the second-best kicker in the NFL. Dan Bailey, man. Ah. Pour some out for Dan Bailey. There's no more prenda la vela than Dan Bailey. Remember my, my boy, Ray, uh, Raymond Orta, comedian? He's always doing his bit, man. Prenda la vela than Dan Bailey, you know? Dan Bailey, the, he has the golden leg and this and that. No more Dan Bailey to save the Cowboys' ass. You know what that means? The Cowboys are going to suck again. We suck again. Again. The best thing that can happen for the Dallas Cowboys with this stupid move is that Jerry Jones gets died, man. I'm saying it right now. I don't care uh, if you get mad at me. That's the best thing that can happen for the boys, man. 
what are y'all thoughts on this latest predicament for the Cowboys? They get rid of their kicker, man. The golden leg of Dan Bailey is no more. Numbers don't lie. And I have to admit, I can see why they did it. I mean, if you look at his field goal percentage, 93%, uh, about 94% in 2015, 84% in 2016, 75% in 2017. The back injury was not his friend. It definitely hurt. I can see why Jerry does it, but for him to do that and go with an unproven kicker, not as reliable, uh, you know, there's, you know, but Jerry does this to us, man. That's what he wants. He does this to us because he knows, he knows, he knows we're going to get off on it. He, th- at least that's what he thinks. I just sit here and go, this is the reason why I don't like the Cowboys because their owner's a complete idiot. <laughs> that's true. What do you, what do you think, Rudy? I mean, I know you're not a Cowboys fan. But if you're getting, I'm not but if you're getting rid of the second best kicker in the NFL, someone that can actually maybe win a game or two for you, now you're getting rid of him. Now more than likely, you're not going to win a game or two when it comes down to a field goal at the end of the game because you have an unproven kicker. I mean, I don't know about you, Rudy, but I'm looking at the Cowboys not even maybe getting to six wins this season. I mean, what are your thoughts? It, you know, it's a, uh, it's a stupid move, but I understand it. You know, all, all signs are pointing to, we've got to get rid of Bailey because if we get rid of Bailey, his numbers, his contract numbers are equal to what we can get for Earl Thomas in the trade. And that's what he wants. So if I'm just saying, that's what I've been seeing and hearing, but I am just, I'm also saying this, you're right. The second best, uh, kicker and i think it's nfl history not just league, yep. in the league but nfl history yep you know his numbers did go down rivera bob a very very good point his numbers went down every year the back injury did play a factor in it but i don't understand why do you get rid of the why do you get rid of the kicker you know that is going to probably win you one or two games more than what you're expected to win now you know i've heard cowboy fans all all offseason we're going 11 and five worst case scenario. We're going nine and six. I said, you're not going to win more than six games this year. Now that you cut Dan Bailey, you're not going to win more than four games in my opinion, because he's good for two wins at least. Yep, that's what but I'm all saying. I can, all, all I can, yeah. And all I can think of is, you know, what is the reasoning behind it? And I don't know. Hey, Jerry, uh, you have a reason. Do you want to give to two shot nation? Why? You're getting rid of the kicker. Oh, you know, well, I'm just going to say this much. And we're going to go for two points after every score. There's no more field goals and tiles. We're going to go for two every, every score. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate that. A couple of numbers here for you, Joe. Listen to this. His contract before he left was $22.5 million. That was the highest among NFL kickers. Uh, this year, his cap is going to hit $4.2 million. They still owed him. Salaries of three point four million through twenty twenty. Uh, Brett Mayar is only going to make four hundred eighty thousand dollars, four hundred eighty grand versus uh, three point four million. Uh, I see why Jerry did it, but well, you know, uh, I need the money to buy Papa John's, and you know, my good friend. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Right now. <laughs> He's got to go out and you know help his buddy out over there at Papa John's, you know. So either that, or I agree with Rudy. There's a good chance we may see Earl Thomas out there. I don't know if the Cowboys are making it a wise decision pulling him in here. I mean, on paper, it looks like he could help the team. The problem is if you can't make field goals, that's not going to really do much good. But at this point, they can't even get Dak to get anything done on the field in the first place. True that, man. You know, Cowboys fans are saying, look, it's only preseason. It's okay. We haven't won any games in the preseason. No, you all haven't won any any games in the preseason because the team looked bad already. We hadn't even gotten to the regular season. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm always going to be a diehard Cowboys fan. But the thing is, who are, who do we got at the wideout positions? Who's going to be yeah. out there in the secondary? You know, who are receivers? I mean, there's a lot of question marks for this team, and they're unproven, you know? So to me, I'm in for another mediocrity. You know, mediocre. it's going to be a mediocre season. The Cowboys Here, are in mediocrity, man. And and Jerry Jones is great at this too. He want, a couple of days ago he said the best thing that could happen to the league is if they get rid of two season, uh, two of the games in the preseason. 
that's fine. I, I get what the preseason is. I, you know, I, I'm actually a fan of it. I like the preseason. That's the thing. You see these teams improve in the preseason by week by week one. They're ready to go. They've got all their stuff figured out. In fact, I hate to say it, the Texans actually look pretty good in the preseason this they year do. too. They got all their guys back. Just their just their secondaries looked great. They didn't play any of their their main players. They looked fantastic. Dallas looked horrible in the preseason. Yeah. And this is the roster that they're going to take into the regular season. If Jerry wants to get rid of the preseason, guess what happens? The first four weeks of the regular season become the preseason all over again anyway. So the Cowboys this, start off the season yeah. at 0 and 4. <laughs> they would have started out 0 and 4. And if that be the case, guess who would have already been 3 and 1 this year? The Browns. Oh, Lord. The Browns went 3 and 1 the yeah. season. Nobody ever thought the Browns would win a game this year. They won 3 in the preseason. Good grief. Dylan Dylan Emery thinks the Browns are going to take it all the way, man, because they got his boy Baker Mayfield, man. I think the Browns, if they're if we're lucky, the Browns the I I could actually see the Browns winning four or five this year. The division is so bad, there's a very good chance they may actually get four or five, which for them would be you know, that's a banner year right there. You know, that's a turn off the lights that we can't do any better than this. It's the best looking girl we got. Let's go ahead and take her home, man. And you know, you're right, Dylan's probably you know going, Oh my god. Baker's out there. But, I'm uh, sure he got his brown know, jersey already. <laughs> man, I but the Cowboys, you know, stick a stick a fork in them, man. They're done. They're done. I mean, Dak yeah. Prescott hasn't shown me anything. He hasn't shown me a thing. Exactly. I've got Cowboy fans gnawing at my nutsack every single day about how great Dak Prescott is, how he's gonna make this team good, how this is gonna happen. He doesn't need receivers because you look. Tom Brady doesn't need good receivers. Are you effing kidding me? Talking about Tom Brady and Dak Prescott in the same sentence. <laughs> Dak Prescott oh, is like Dak no, Prescott is equivalent to Tom Brady's <laughs> socks. I mean, there's nothing there. Dak Prescott, I'm gonna lie. You're gonna lie. Dak Prescott sucks bad. He had one good season. That was it. Really? If someone ever puts Tom Brady and Dak Prescott in the same sentence, do me a favor, man. Just punch him in the face right then and there because nothing else that they're going to argue with you will ever be even, you know, it, okay. This is like my, my theory on bad Mexican food too. It's like the salsa. You walk into a restaurant, the salsa is bad. Walk out. Oh, nothing man. else there is even worth the mess with. The minute mm -hmm. you hear somebody say that, don't even talk to them. Nothing else they say is going to be worth it. Oh. I've been arguing all week when it comes to the Cowboys, when it comes to Manu being a hall of famer this whole week, has been a kick in the nards for me just because of all that stuff. I've been back and forth so many times this week. I am wow. mentally drained. I mean, there are a ton, a ton of sports idiots out there. I mean, good God. If you don't know anything about sports, duct tape your mouth, shut up, and watch a game for like, once. Like please. my friend Chris Duell says, get off my lawn. <laughs> get, get off, off my, my lawn. lawn. <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> There you go. That was Rudy's Rudy's rant, rant of the week. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful, man. And I kept it clean. Yeah, you did keep it clean. Yeah. Thanks for that, man. <laughs> We're trying to stay PG-13. I think you did a beautiful job, my yeah. friend. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast. But before we do, we're going to give you guys the opportunity to plug where people can find you guys on social media. We'll start off with you, Mike Rivera. Where can they find you, man? Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Zoned Mike. Uh, I'm a, the Mexican ticker on the Mike Taylor show uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, up in Austin, though, I've got something really excited to announce here. Uh, I will be hosting a high school football scoreboard show uh, 1030 on Austin Sports Talk Leader, AM 1300 The Zone. You can find wow. me there as well. So always something new going on. Um, great. Love to have you follow me. I've always got some great pictures of barbecue on there. I warn you, some of this, some of that barbecue I post on there is very pornographic in nature. I'm not responsible <laughs> for being I'm hungry, but I'm glad to have you follow me. Yeah, man, he's a great follow for that food porn because a lot of people don't know that you're a pit master, man. You make a good slab of meat, man. It looks great. I, I, I have been known to make a good slice of meat. At least that's what I've been told. There you go. So go and follow Mike Rivera. And you, Rudy, at the Rated R Podcast, where, they can, where can they follow you and all the great stuff you guys do? Yeah, you can go to Twitter. It's at Rated underscore R Podcast. You can follow me there. Uh, you can argue with me there. It's up to you, whatever you want to do. But just know that you'll never win that argument. You got the uh, Facebook page, the Rated R Podcast. 
Also, www.radarpodcast.com. We're going to be starting to put all of our podcasts on there. So don't miss out. There's tons of fun on that show. And if you want to be a part of the show, just shoot me messages wherever you can get a hold of me. You want to debate something, debate something. But like I said, I'm the rated R sports star, and you're nothing to me. You're not going to win this debate. I've got it all down. So good luck to all you guys out there, Mike. I do see the food porn on Rivera's Twitter, and I must say that being a fat guy, I am I I drool. I mean, every single time I've got drool coming out of my mouth. So you got the meat sweats yeah, already. You, you haven't eaten nothing, man. Oh god, <laughs> meat sweats are even. The meat sweats are good. I, I it's worse than that. It's worse than that. All right, porn, foodgasm, everything. <laughs> and as you guys know, I did take a sports walk the other day. If you didn't see the video, I was taking a sports yes. walk the other day. That's for sure. And you did it in the sun, and you did it in the evening, man. So I saw it. It was great stuff, man. Y'all got to go over there and check out Rivera's Twitter, man, so you can see the sports walk <laughs> he did after they announced Manu Ginobili was retiring. He was a little upset. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little. Yeah. So, all right, man. We're going to go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast here. So, for Mike Rivera and Rudy Campos, I'm Joe Garcia. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace.